Welcome to the Learning Outside the Lines podcast. I'm Ann Ryan, your host, homeschool mom of four, and passionate about education and helping our children learn best. Welcome everyone to a new week. Thank you so much for taking a little time out of your day to listen. I have a little bit of a scratchy throat, so hopefully we will make it through with no problems. I hope everyone is staying warm. I know here in Southern California, we are normally sunny and 72 in the winter and fall, but right now it is 60 and rainy and cold. And I know people in uh, the Midwest probably laugh when we say it's 60 and cold, but for us who have acclimated, it is pretty darn cold for us. I'm sitting with my blanket and my warm fuzzy socks. So let's talk a little bit about community service today. One of the things that I think is really important for not only kids, adults too, but especially for kids and especially kids that are starting to get to the middle school and high school levels, I think community service is really important. Now, obviously, community service can be done at any age, elementary all the way up to adulthood. So I'm not trying to say elementary age shouldn't be doing community service. However, I think it can become a little more meaningful and it can become a little bit more of a learning experience as kids get older and they can understand a little better what they're doing, why they're doing it, the impact that it might have on not only the people they're helping or the organization they're helping, but also the community as a whole. Now, community service is one of those tricky things sometimes because of accessibility. A lot of times places want kids to be a certain age because of liability reasons or whatever it might be. And so sometimes it can be hard to find someplace to volunteer. But I really want to urge you to really kind of cast a wide net because there is so much out there that sometimes people aren't aware of. Now, I kind of want to backtrack a little bit here. Community service can be done as kind of a one-shot thing, like just something you sign up for, or it can be something done long-term. Now, obviously, something that you make a commitment for over the long-term, whether that be a three or a six-month commitment or even a year commitment for an organization that's amazing and that kids can learn so much from that kind of long-term commitment to see what happens over the long term when they are helping an organization they can really see a lot of changes they can see the impact that they have but that doesn't mean that volunteering for a one-time event or just a one kind of shot deal isn't important as well, because it most certainly is. You kind of have to balance your time, your availability to what's available and what you can commit to. Like I said, back to the whole liability and accessibility kind of issue, a lot of times the parent's going to have to make a commitment to do this as well. And I know we're busy, I know that we have a lot of things going on. We might have multiple children. So it's a really big time commitment for a parent to say, okay, I really want my child to volunteer, but I'm going to have to do this with them. Because so many places, it's pretty rare that you're not going to have to be there with your child if they're under a certain age. And that might 
be 18 at a lot of places because I know liability issues have really increased at a lot of places. Sometimes it might be, you know, 14 or 16. It just really depends on the organization. I know a place where we have volunteered for years, a small animal rescue. When we first started there, wow, like six or seven years ago, my daughter could volunteer on her own when she was like 11 or 12. They basically allowed um, kids that were 11 or 12 to come with the parent for the first couple times because basically they're trying to judge if they really are able to have that child there on their own without a parent supervising them. And basically, if the child was you know well-behaved and responsible and things like that, they allowed them to volunteer on their own. That only lasted a few years because over over the next few years, they had a few issues with some kids that they thought would be fine and then didn't end up being fine. And so they ended up increasing that age to 16. And then I think the next year they even went up to 18 just because they really, it was such a busy um, rescue, a lot going on, a lot of the public coming in and out, and they just could not be responsible for children while they're trying to get their work done. So that's just an example of you just really have to check with each individual organization. And again, even though it is a time commitment for the parent, for most organizations that require a parent to be with a child, it's not only valuable for the child, but it can be so valuable for the parent as well. Like I said, even though my daughter was able to volunteer on her own at this organization, I still mostly volunteered with her most of the time just because I enjoyed it too. And I was able to learn a lot. I was able to give back to the community in this little way. And even though I'm not active with them now, I still am involved with them a little bit. I still donate money each year. I still help with a big event that they normally would have every April, though of course this year that didn't happen because of COVID, but they have a big animal event, a big uh, animal fair at the fairgrounds that I still help with, I still volunteer with each year. But for the first like three or four years, we volunteered a couple hours every single week. And that was, really valuable for, like I said, child and adult. And then this is just a little side benefit. This isn't always going to happen. But the side benefit was that she had volunteered for a few years and they ended up hiring her for a job and she ended up working for them for five years. So that is going to look great on a college application, maybe a scholarship application, a job application. The fact that she has Seven years of continuity at one organization is a really big deal. Now, she certainly didn't do it for a college application or for a future scholarship application or anything like that. That's just a really great side benefit of long-term community service. Now, the other thing I kind of want to talk about is that this is not only obviously community service and giving back to the community, but you can learn a lot in these jobs. There are so many soft skills that can be learned, communication skills, um, just uh, problem solving, public speaking, depending on what kind of organization it is. I know my daughter was pretty shy, but this was an animal rescue. So a lot of people were coming in to adopt animals. And over time, she was 
able to gain confidence, gain information, and gain those speaking skills so that when people came in and they were looking at um, animals and they had questions, if the uh, staff that would be doing the adoptions were busy, they would logically turn to her because she had on a, you know, a work shirt and she was doing work and they would ask her questions. She could answer those questions. She was able to interact with them. She, like I said, gained a lot of confidence. And that was a great skill to be able to develop in that position. She also got to gain skills working with difficult people sometimes. I mean, let's face it, when you're working with the public, you never know what you're going to get. And so there were some, not horrible, but certainly a couple challenging situations with kids that were really super disruptive or even possibly dangerous around the animals. You know, and she was able to, you know, be diplomatic and remind people how to act and things like that. You also have to be able to work with a boss, right? Like that's just something that you need to be able to develop over time. And she enjoyed her job, but there were certainly times where she maybe misunderstood the directions or she had to clarify directions. So you have to be able to go back to your supervisor and be able to figure out what you're supposed to be doing. Or maybe they said she did something wrong. And so she needs to clarify what she did wrong, how to improve it, how to fix it for next time. Again, those are things that might seem uncomfortable at first, but it's a, still a really important thing to be able to learn. And that was another thing that she was able to develop in this position as well. Now, I, the great thing about this too is usually when you have one child volunteering, that sometimes will extend to other kids. So I have four kids and e even though my daughter was the most active there, her older brother ended up also getting a job there. He also volunteered for some larger events when they needed some heavy lifting and moving and things like that. My son, he, my son tried to volunteer there. I felt really bad for him. He has really pretty severe um, grass allergies. And since this was at a small animal rescue for rabbits and guinea pigs, the place is covered in hay. And after one session, he pretty much, his eyes swelled up. He could barely breathe, poor kid. Anyway, he tried to volunteer, that didn't happen. And then my youngest one also volunteered a couple times with just kind of what they call socializing the animals, which mainly means you sit in a little pen with them and you get to brush them and you get to pet them and you get to play with them so that they're used to people, so they're not scared of people. And she's done that a couple times and I'm sure she will continue to do that in the future. But again, this is kind of became a family affair, which was great. And the kids got to see each other doing it and why it was important and things like that. So I just really, I value the fact that a lot of times the, the spirit of the volunteerism can spread to the other kids. Some other things that we have done over time. I know my daughter has been in Girl Scouts all the way through kindergarten through 12th grade. And they have done so many service projects in Girl Scouts. They have done food bank work where they have stocked food banks. They worked on the Macy's Day uh, parade floats. They have made uh, toys for animal rescues. 
they, I mean, there's just so many, there's so many things. So that's a great thing about some of those organizations like Boy Scouts and Girl Scouts and other organizations like that, in that they do a lot of community service. And that's one of those things where, again, the girls or the boys, if they're in Boy Scouts, they are usually planning whatever the, the community service is. So they're doing even more than just going to an organization and volunteering. They're doing the research on the organization. They're planning. They might be having to get money for supplies if they're making something. So it's more, it's, it's a little more involved. And they're seeing all the kind of steps to the process. And I think those kinds of things are really valuable, especially as they get older and they want to earn, let's say, their silver award or their gold award. Or for boys, I know that they have Eagle Scouts for the Boy Scouts. Or just when they want to do maybe a big project on their own, some of these earlier experiences kind of give them a taste. And so they have a better idea of what is involved. And so when they want to do a bigger project, they have a taste of it. They can go more in depth. They can plan a little bit bigger project, more steps, more research, whatever they might need to do. And that is invaluable experience. Those kinds of experiences with starting a project from start to finish is a huge skill that is so valuable, not only for school, but just in life. And when you're adding the community service or the volunteerism component to it, it makes it even more so. The last example I want to bring up is that my daughter and I just started volunteering at an aquarium. I have to say this is phenomenal. This is a wonderful program. I hope you search out maybe in your community if you have a zoo or an aquarium or maybe even a like a natural history museum. But not only did they have an incredible training up front, which of course was done by Zoom. Normally it would be in person, but this summer it was done by Zoom. It was a 19-hour training, which was pretty legit, right? This was an in-depth training. It had so much information, not only about dealing with the public and kind of how to ask kids questions to get them to think, which was great for my daughter, but obviously tons of training about the animal animal conservation, facts about the different sea creatures and about the ocean and all those kinds of things. It was just, it was incredible training. It was like basically marine biology for my daughter. It was like just fabulous. And we started volunteering and she's loving it. I'm loving it because obviously this is something that is dealing a lot with the public. So the adult has to be with the child. So I knew this was going to be a big time commitment for me, and it is. It's five hours a week, so it's plus driving time. So it's actually like six and a half hours. So that's a huge commitment, but she is enjoying it. She's learning a ton. I'm learning a ton. We are getting to support an organization that we really care about in a very tangible, concrete way that my daughter is seeing really what that means for the first time in such a concrete way that she is contributing like this huge uh, amount of service to that again is just an invaluable experience 
So I just really want to encourage people to seek out community service in your organization, however that looks. Now, obviously, COVID is putting a little bit of a twist on things. Some places probably aren't taking volunteers right now, but some places definitely are, and they still need it. Food banks are still needing food bank stocked. They're still starting to serve meals or at least hand out meals, if not serving meals in person. There are still animal shelters that absolutely need help with animals. There are donations that are needed. So even if you can't go to an organization and do something, a lot of them are still asking for donations, whether that's money or food or clothing or whatever it might be. I know that with the holidays coming up, there's Toys for Tots and toy drives. Obviously, food banks will have food drives and all of those kinds of opportunities that kids can still participate in. And I really do encourage you to have your kids do some research, have them do some research on what organizations are in your area so that they can really get a sense of who, what the, who or what the organization serves, whether it's people or animals or um, the environment, whatever it might be. Have them do some research and then decide what they want to pursue. Now, there may not be opportunities for them in their first choice, so it may not work out in their first, with their first choice, but keep encouraging them. Keep encouraging them to keep looking and find something that is available for them in some fashion, whether, again, it's one-time event or something that is long-term. I also think that these opportunities can be a great way for kids to get a better picture of some jobs out there. I know my daughter has always said she's really interested in working somehow with the ocean or marine animals or whatever. She doesn't know what that looks like yet. She doesn't know if that's marine biology or conservation or whatever it might be, but she's going to have an opportunity to see different jobs. She's going to see veterinarians. She's going to see sea lion trainers. She's going to see people that are doing education talks at the different um, parts of the aquarium. She's going to see administrators. She's going to see firsthand some of these jobs in context And that can be really valuable. I know one of the reasons we started volunteering at the animal rescue with my oldest daughter when she was like 11 or 12 was because she loved animals, which is very typical for that age, right? She loved animals and she wanted to be like a vet tech or even a veterinarian. So this was a great way for her to get hands-on experience. And we did that. And after a couple years, she was like, "Mm, this is fun. I like, but yeah, I don't want to be a, I don't want to be a vet. And that's totally fine, right? Kids grow, they get different experiences, but it was great for her to see it in context to see exactly what some of those jobs do. So in closing, I just want to encourage you to be thinking kind of outside the box. Community service and volunteerism can really be a big part of your students' education. We might not think of it as part of their education. We might think of it as an extra, but really it can be a part of your core curriculum. I know my daughter is learning so much marine biology and science 
with this volunteerism at the aquarium that it's counting for a lot of her science this year. It certainly counted over the summer because it was an amazing amount of, of training. Those are kinds of some things to be thinking about and to be aware of. So in closing, I just want to encourage you to think outside the box, like I said, and explore your community, see what's out there, have your child explore the community, see what opportunities are out there that they might be able to help with. Be sure to check me out on Facebook if you haven't already at Learning Outside the Lines podcast. On Instagram, I'm Latte Books to Read, and all of the information as far as how to contact me is in the show notes. And if you haven't already subscribed to the podcast, please do so so you'll know when the next episode is released. And until next time, don't be afraid to go outside the lines.